Uh, welcome into episode 73 of Cowboys Ride for Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield, and as always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. How are you doing today? Uh, it is the bye week, and I find that kind of a peaceful situation, to be perfectly honest. No, I'm, perf- I'm with you on that. Uh, I can actually enjoy college football this without feeling stressed about how my team's going to do. Uh, it's a good time. But today we also have a guest on the show, one of the one of the grandfathers of Cowboys Drive for Free, uh, one of the original site managers, Robert Wetzel. He joined. He's joining us on the episode today. Now, how are you doing? Uh, well, okay. My first question is: Is this an uh, is this a, a NSFW type of a podcast? I mean, I mean, it can be, but we try to keep it not that way. I mean, one or two slip ups are are allowed. I don't know that we have anyone under the age of sixteen listening to this podcast, so. Of all our tens of viewers, um, I think uh, we try and keep this thing as clean as we can. Okay. We have viewers? You ask me, you ask, <laughs> right. yeah. Oh, God. If you ask me how I'm doing, it's a bye week, and there is a level of relief to it at this point with this season. At the same time, I see crap coming out on Twitter, and I'm, I'm just, frankly, I'm effing, like, depressed. Yeah, yeah, I'm at that point too. I feel that. Uh, so we've we've listened. Uh, the the viewers that have uh, actually tuned in and listened to the podcast every week have heard Philip and I go on and on all season about our thoughts. But uh, now, the, even though you started writing for us a little bit again and doing little blurbs every you know once a week or so, give us some of your thoughts on the first part of the season and what you want to see coming out of the bye week uh, for homecoming against Texas. Wow, this is like a two hour podcast, right? <laughs> give, give us the uh, the too long didn't read uh, <laughs> the cliff this is the cliff notes version yes okay so um loved how it started i thought the start of the season was you know kind of what you'd want kind of basic you you felt like you saw the team grow uh i know boise state doesn't you know now we look back and boise state wasn't necessarily all that but it still was uh, a very solid performance. It gave us, you know, hope for the future. Hope is that dreadful thing. And uh, gave us hope for the future, and we thought, okay, we've, we've got things righted. And then Texas Tech happened. And I think for me, Texas Tech, that entire game for me is kind of a microcosm of, of the frustration where most, I think, most Oklahoma State fans are right now. And that is, you, you were stumbling around, okay? We, we, were, we were still managing to score. It wasn't, didn't, wasn't looking really smooth and efficient necessarily, but we were in the game. And then you, all of a sudden, from the 10-minute mark in the second quarter to the end of the game, you didn't score against Texas Tech. Okay. And that one hurt. So, that, that was bad. That was really, and, really bad. And you never, in, even in the game, right? Just in that game, you never. This is. I'm. I'm trying. I'm going to stay. I'm going to try to keep this kind of between the ditches here. Okay. You. You never did anything different. You didn't. There was never a play. Nobody did anything. I mean. How many fly motion sweeps? I'm, I think I said this either in a tweet or in a post. I think I did it in a picks from Joe's uh, poll, power poll, where I said OSU is going to set the record for the number of fly sweep motions run 
without ever pitching it to the fly sweep guy. No kidding, right? <laughs> okay. Kills out. But, we, but we didn't do anything. You, for 40 minutes, you don't score against Texas Tech. Now, granted, maybe their defense is a little better this year. Who knows? It is. They're not that, they're not that better. No. You do something different. Where And then you watch K-State. Okay? And the only two what I would call successful drives, in my opinion, and a shout-out to uh, – I'll give a shout-out here to Adam – uh, Lunt and Michael Gift of Tape Don't Lie because they they kind of lost their shit over this. Okay, if those two guys are cursing about it, it's it's serious. And you go to K State game, and the second series of the game, lo and behold, we have a two back set. Justice Hill, Chuba Hubbard. And and you're getting the ball out to Hubbard on the on on the wing and in the flat, and he's running for first downs, and Justice Hill's having success. And then it went poof. It it like vanished into the mist. And then in the second half, granted we should have scored a touchdown on that drive, but the the phantom Tylen Wallace pass interference, Big Twelve officials. You mean defensive again. Yeah, right. Exactly. So. That that stopped. That should have been a TD there. Okay, and then the only touchdown we score, we scored running a two and three back set. We had the we had the diamond formation, and we just go boom 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 right down the field like there's nothing there. And then poof, it vanishes into the mist. And it that's where I'm at. It's like the first half of the season to me was. We got just a little bit of hope and momentum, and the minute things went a little sideways, nobody did anything different. And all we hear is, don't panic. Keep your composure. We're going to keep doing the same stuff we've been doing for 14 years. Don't sweat it. We've got this, okay? We're not going to change our quarterback. We're not changing our quarterback refs. Now, Gundy could be full of shit, by the way. They, who knows what they're doing in practice? That, that part could be anything. But Gundy coming out, oh, we're not changing the QB or whatever. And then you get Robert Allen's tweet. Oh, my God. That was – or not his tweet. It was a, a tweet about a quote of him being on in an interview or something and citing, you know, this team's lack of focus and there might be some lack of leadership. So I'm really at the point where this season is – I'm not going to say the season's garbage because you could still make a bowl game. But for five mil, for five really large dollars a year, you're not paying for losing seasons. Let's put it that way. So I would expect going into the bye week that, and, and I, I just, this, I had a post that just went out today where I talk about this a little bit, but I, my expectation for the bye week is when you play Texas, you had damn well better see some different formations, okay? Some some diamonds, some two back. Take the pressure off Cornelius. I don't think there's no way you're going to see anybody but Cornelius against Texas, uh, because I think now that you're at this point of the season, I think it would be bad management to not wait one more game to get to that that four game threshold 
to roll out the new guys. So I think you, you at least need to see new things against Texas and then either Baylor or West Virginia, you had damn well better see one of those two other quarterbacks. And, and it ought to be Sanders, if anything. And I'll stop there and, and stop talking. <laughs> I so thought I'm, that was a great summary of the season so far, if we're being honest. That was, man, that, that summed up almost like my exact feelings. I don't know about you, Philip, but that's, that's about it in a nutshell for me. I, I think one of the points you made, and I think I made this a bit last week or on the last episode, is if they're going to stick with Cornelius, that's fine. I don't think he's the best quarterback. I think Gundy has... Um, a lot of concerns about Spencer Sanders or Drew Brown. Um, to reference Adam Lunt and Tape Doesn't Lie Again, they made some really good points about the quarterback situation and why simply saying they should just throw him out there and play him, he's the better option, Is uh, it's more complicated than that. If they're not going to play Spencer Sanders, fine. If he's worried about him going out there right now, fine. But if you're going to continue to run with Cornelius, why are we still running the Mason Rudolph offense? And I don't... I generally when and for a long time when the offense seemed to be stubborn, I always blame Gundy. At this point, we know Mike Yersich can be creative. He was creative in 2013. He was creative in 2014. He was creative in 2015. I mean, he made a running game in 2015 out of nothing. There was yeah. no running game. They made a running game with J.W. Walsh and and a bunch of marbles, and they made a running game. <laughs> so Yersich is creative. And I don't understand why when they do something different, like the two back sets we saw in that second drive, that's the best drive I've seen out of OSU since the Boise State game. And it worked. And then they wouldn't go back to it. They continue to have Taylor Cornelius do what he is not great at, which is throw the ball downfield. And I understand you have to keep defenses honest, whatever. And I understand that when there are opportunities, you want to try for it because receivers were able to get open. He just can't connect with them on a regular basis. But if, if you know where his strengths lie and his weaknesses are, why do you continue to do the same thing over and over again when it doesn't work? I don't think they're going to come out with a different quarterback. My hope is that, and they can't rebuild the audio, uh, the offense in two weeks, but that we do come away from this bye week and see them do some things that can be have a higher percentage of success than the stuff that they've been running on a regular basis. We can't just keep throwing it down the field. Run the diamond. Run the two-back sets. Throw it out to the flat. Get it. A, get these short passing games, because that's what Cornelius can do well. And for goodness sakes, run him. He can run. Right. He can run. He can run well. He can run effectively. He's not super fast. Yes, he looks like a, a, a skyscraper out there running amongst little townhouses. He's super tall. He looks but like run awesome. him. He runs like an ostrich. <laughs> <laughs> he does, but it works. It works, but and it works. they they can don't design him? enough runs for him. Can you imagine him running that QB power run that K-State does? Oh, Taylor Cornelius is a Kansas State quarterback. Like, Can we say yeah. that? He is they a Kansas State, State quarterback. quarterback. And let's give credit. Tape don't lie. They were talking about that. Yeah. Right? That, that t- I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm I feel like uh, who's the comedian that now I'm now I'm uh, black. What's the guy's name? Oh, Lewis Black. Lewis Black. Yes, that, that's what I feel <laughs> like right now. I just I am the angry. Lewis Black Cowboys ride for free. I I just want to go and and shake my finger and you and you know and just I don't I 
I just and I'm gonna okay here. I'm gonna go back down. I'm gonna really go down a, a time warp memory hole here. Okay, if because you made a comment, I was Joe, Joel or Philip made the comment about changing the offense. Philip, that was Philip. That was Philip. Okay, Philip, you made the comment about you're not going to retool the offense, and and I am here to say you don't have to retool the offense. You don't have to change your offense. You just now need to manage your play calling to the strengths of the player. Yes. Within your offense. And here's where I go with that, okay? 2009. Yes, everybody is sick and tired of me bringing up 2009 because I bring that up like every other time I get to talk about it, I bring it up. And I mentioned it in my post today. <laughs> 2009. Colorado, Alex Kate sucks, in comes Brandon Whedon. You could not have two more polar opposite quarterbacks than Zach Robinson and Brandon Whedon. Okay? Those yeah. guys are sitting on opposite ends of the offensive skill set bench. Okay? And Brandon Whedon came in and ran the same damn offense that Zach Robertson's running. But there was a little more passing involved. Okay? And he and he rolled out a few times and he escaped the pocket a couple of times, right? And he ran that offense like like we all were like what? What is that? We've never seen that. What is who's this guy? What what closet did you go pull him out of? Okay, and so that's where you come back the next week, and Gundy says, "Well, we 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 played Robinson. We're going to play Robinson because we feel like he gives us the best chance of winning." Okay, number one, you can't run him because his shoulder is mush. Number two, you can't he can't throw the ball because his shoulder is mush. So why do you play him? Okay, system knowledge and experience. Gundy is biased. I said this in my post today. Gundy is biased towards system knowledge and, uh, and experience. And if you go back to Rudolph's year, okay, Gundy doesn't play Rudolph if Garmin doesn't get hurt. You convince me That's otherwise. True. Go ahead. Yeah. One of you two argue with me and convince me that if Garmin doesn't get hurt, Gundy burns that red shirt. Well, he wouldn't have. And it, remember, he the red shirt rule was no different way. back then even than it is now because back then right. – you played one game and then and it was it was ruined. It was done. So now look at that game. Did they retool the offense in one week? No. They just took the offense they had and gave him simpler directions. Make your first read. You know. Yes. You know, they simplified simpl the offense they, for him. They simplified the offense. Okay. And and to listen to Gundy say. Brandon Whedon wasn't ready because that's what he said. He's saying Brandon Whedon's not ready. Okay. He's sitting there telling us Mason Rudolph is not ready. All right. Meanwhile, okay. Meanwhile, you're talking about the two greatest quarterbacks in the history of Oklahoma State, who Gundy didn't play till he was pretty much forced to play him because he said they weren't ready. Now, all we're hearing is. Spencer Sanders isn't ready. And Bill Haston nailed that this week in his article. All right. Gundy saying he's, they're not ready 
guess what, guys? You may think he's not ready from he doesn't have the experience, doesn't have the system knowledge. So guess what? If the dude has talent, and again, I, I keep the post I put out today, if Drew Brown and or Spencer Sanders are not talented enough to step on the field right now, we got way bigger problems than this season. I don't think it's just about talent. I'm, I don't. Uh, because I do think Sanders is talented. I don't think it's just about talent. It, we'll keep referencing Tate doesn't lie because they do such a great job. But I mean, you get him on the podcast, dang it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to We're that. Allowed to say it, right? We can say it. Yeah. But, I mean, you look at what happened. I think West Lunt is is the example of what happened. He played West Lunt. And West Lunt got so beat up and played so poorly, he was physically and, and emotionally and, and from a confidence standpoint bruised. He was never the same kid. Even when he was at Illinois, he was never the same. And from Gundy's standpoint, do you chance a guy that you think is the next great quarterback for LSU? Because I do believe he believes Spencer Sanders is good. He's He raved about him all until he got here. He has raved about him nonstop. Gundy likes Spencer Sanders. Uh-huh. Gundy does not want to send Spencer Sanders out behind a team that he doesn't think can keep him, A, upright, or have him beat up, both physically, uh, emotionally, or from a confidence standpoint. Because what if he goes out and he starts against Texas, and then goes to Baylor, and then goes to OU, and in three games he's got five interceptions, two touchdowns, 200 yards, and has just been battered and bruised. Right. You could fit his career could be over in three games right. because you put him out before he was ready to go. Now, I know right. that it's, it's one of those things where you can't gauge that until they're out there, but Gundy wants to make sure he feels confident that he's going to be able to put him out there. You mentioned the $5 million, and I agree when you make $5 million a year, you shouldn't have losing seasons. The flip side of that is you make $5 million a year, so you have to make the harder decisions than we can make because, yeah, yeah I'd just throw Spencer out there. And that's an easy decision to make. It's a hard decision to go, we may have a losing season, but I may be making the next three years 10-win seasons again because I don't play Spencer this year. Now, I'm not saying that's what would happen, but you have to look at the, at both sides of that argument to say, Yes, playing him right now, great. We go to six wins. We go to a bowl, to the cheese it bowl, to the whatever bowl. Congratulations. And maybe we have some momentum from next year. But maybe we do this and Sanders is ruined from it. And so now we're stuck with Drew Brown, who I don't know if he's good or not. And the right. next three years are no longer the great potential that they were. Right. So now now I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on this because I think this is beautiful. This is awesome from two different perspectives right here. Okay. So the first perspective, you mentioned Wes Lunt, okay? So Wes Lunt was Gundy's kind of first foray into, I've recruited a highly touted freshman, right? That was really his first foray into that. He had Bobby Reed was there, but he played Bobby Reed, and Bobby Reed turned out not to be really that. Yeah. Okay? But Wes Lunt was the first, hey, we've just had the greatest quarterback in the history of the school, greatest season in the history of the school, and we've recruited this this freshman to come in, and we think he's got it, and we're going to play him. So first order of business is you ask the guy to run the Brandon Whedon offense than to play like Brandon Whedon, okay? So that was, that was somewhat mistake number one. But he looked pretty good early in the year, and then he got hurt, okay? Freak injury. You can't, you know, you can't count on that. You don't know what's going to happen, right? 
So, so sort of a freak injury with the way he kind of got tackled on a, on getting rid of the ball and sack, whatever. So he's out for a little bit. Okay. The other quarterbacks come in and they perform fairly, you know, fairly well. Okay. So now you throw Wes Lunt back in. Okay. So you, now he's been out. He got an injury. You throw him back in on the road at Kansas State asking him to run the Brandon Whedon offense, which was too much. Bad he got a concussion in that game, I think. Yes, yeah. he did. Yeah. He got it was hurt a concussion again. that Shelf came in for the second half. Yeah, Shelf comes in for the second half, and, and he gets Wally pipped, right? Yep. He gets Wally pipped because Shelf comes in. We look good, almost come back a little bit, and, and that's kind of the end of that conversation. So then I'm going to flip that because you're absolutely right. That that ruined Westlant on a number of levels, okay? But I think it, it ruined Gundy more than anything. Because if you gave me here's the you take Gundy, we talk about this all the time. People on Twitter love Todd Munkin, right? Put, ju- juxtapose those two guys and their mental philosophies. Okay? Mike Gundy pulls back, okay, doesn't pull the trigger, kind of hangs back, wants to look for the right moment, okay, wants to feel it. He, he doesn't, you know, he, he's, he's going to wait and calculate and try to, you know, strategy and try to pick the right time. Todd Munkin, now's the right time. Let's go. Let's do it. You want to do it? Let's do it. Let's put them out there. Now, that doesn't mean either one, you don't need to make the right choice, right? You're absolutely right. You don't want to ruin the kid's psyche, all right? So do what you did with Rudolph, you know? Run something that that the kid can handle, okay? And just see how he reacts. And I think the second point that you made about let's get the season. You know, we've got three seasons. You don't want to ruin those three seasons. That's why I would argue you hold you don't put them out against Texas. You think about what Texas front seven is going to do to our offensive line. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I don't want to. Even, I don't know if I want to think it's about. It's 2014 it, again. Right? Oh it's 20, yeah. It's 2014. Brutal. We're going to get destroyed up front. If I mean, look, there's chance that different things can happen. Sure, but I, the the odds are we're going to get destroyed up front. I'm not rolling out a fresh you know fresh meat. For them, they they're gonna be they'll come with with freaking bazookas and uzis and and nuclear weapons. They're gonna come after this guy with everything they've got. Okay, wait till Baylor. Baylor's not as scary. Go down to Waco. Who gives a crap? And let the guy play. You know, down there that way. Who if you decide to roll him in Bedlam, it's not the first time he's seen the turf. He's played in a game. You know, you want to you want to choose Bedlam to give Drew Brown his baptism by fire? Do that. Waste that game, right? I I just I I think that was a beautiful point from both of those directions. In that you're absolutely right in Westlunt being kind of ruined, but I think in that moment, I think that kind of ruined Gundy a little bit. I'll, I'll I'll agree that 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 you know obviously what happens in our lives kind of kind of dictate who we become uh-huh. as people. So I and I'll. I'll agree that that has probably swayed some of his decision-making with having Westland. To your Todd Monken point, uh, I'll say this for people who don't remember. 
Mike Gundy, when he was the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma State under Les Miles, was our Todd Munkin. He was right. the aggressive go-getter, let's do that. Absolutely. And then he became the – and he was early on as a head coach. But I don't always need – I'm good with that as my offensive coordinator. I like that personality on my offensive coordinator. I don't necessarily need that personality out of my head coach. I need my head coach a little bit more level-headed. Now, would I like to see a little bit more out of Gundy maybe from uh, of his old days? Sure. But I would rather have level-headed Gundy who has a plan and is looking at things long-term and calculated than, you know what? Through caution to the wind, let's go get it. And I am with you a gazillion percent. But let him, it's Gundy, be the CEO. Yep. And get the hell out of the offensive playroom. Okay. I don't know. I, I the way you're, and I've been a Yursich defender. I like Yursich. I do think he's smart. I think he's done a really good job at Oklahoma State. I don't think this season has been his best work. Oh, I, terrible. I, Oh, I don't know why he won't get off the Mason Rudolph playbook when he has shown, as we talked about, other things have shown to be successful at a higher rate. <laughs> why? It's literally like, you know, this is working really well. Let's not do it anymore. I don't it's understand that. insanity. And that, that's really what the offense has been all season. It's doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different, expecting a different result. Taylor Cornelius can throw the ball down the field. Can he do it very effectively? Not really. But we've still seen it all season. But when the offense works in his favor of getting the ball out of his hands quickly, two back sets, getting the running backs involved, getting the running game involved, getting him running, the offense works. But then they go away from it for five drives, and then Oklahoma State's down two scores. Yeah. It just, hey, that, it's well, baffling. then the other problem is then you throw in, you get an offensive holding call, or you get yeah. a pass interference, or you get a drop pass. Now, Because I do think Cornelius, I think Cornelius had a really bad game against Kansas State. I do think he is throwing the ball better than he did at the beginning of the season. We have Agreed. seen progress out of him. Yes. I don't hold him accountable for that Iowa State loss at all. That was on the offensive line and the fact that, as we've seen, Iowa State's defensive front is really good. They have a really good defensive front. They know how to disrupt Big 12 offenses and offensive lines. I think Cornelius has gotten better. I just don't understand why we continue to make him do the things that he is less efficient at than the things that he has shown make him more successful. When he gets the ball out quickly, he can do a good job. And I, what, you, you just who made the point? Uh, yeah, you made the we made the point earlier about oh, you've got to test the defense deep to keep them honest. Bullshit. Okay, Texas Tech doesn't test you deep. They're dink dunk dink dunk dink duck. You can't cover everybody short. Boom, 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 boom. Now, maybe once a game, maybe twice a game, they toss them all down the field. All right? They skewered us running all that short pass play crap. Yeah. I swear everything was within seven yards that they were throwing. And I'm pretty sure Alan Bowman threw for a gazillion yards in that game. And, you know, you you watch the past few games, and those, those are there. Those five-yard, six-yard, uh, even if it's a passing play, those five-yard, six-yard chunks look to, to be there a lot, whether it's to the sideline or, or over the middle, and they don't seem to want to go for them. And then by the time maybe they turn to look at it, the play's gone. They, they, I just don't understand why that's not something they're why – those, why are those not the initial reads more often as opposed to the guy running down the sideline as fast as he can and you're chunking at 40 yards? Right, and from, right, and from an offensive from an offensive standpoint, from an offensive philosophical standpoint. So you know, old school football. You 
run it, you run it, you run it, you run it, and then you throw 25-yard passes down the field, right? You run it, run it, run it, you suck the defense up, you throw the pass downfield. The brilliance of the short passing game now is that's just an extension of your run game, right? People talk about that. That if you can run it and or short pass a team to death, then you start sucking them up, okay? Boom, then you can hit them over the top. But you got to do the, the one first. You don't have that threat anymore to just take, like James Washington, just take the top off a of defense. So you need to do what Whedon and Blackman and Cooper used to do to defenses, right? And Joe Randall. Just, you just eviscerate them short. You just dissect them short. Well, I'm as the weapons to do it. Tyron Johnson, Tyler oh. Wallace, Chupa Hubbard, Lando, all of them. You get them in oh. space. They get, it's an easy game. Yeah. Yep. So I've been this, listening to you guys have a great conversation, and it's been awesome. <laughs> I've tried to butt in as much as I possibly can, and it's been great. But let's let's go here next, just to you know, so we're not talking here for forty five minutes to an hour. But what are your expectations, just very briefly, for the rest of the season? Do you think Oklahoma State can get to a bowl game? The rest of the schedule is so backloaded, I just don't see it. I can just, I or I see can and will are two different things. Do I think they have the talent and the players? Um, to find two more wins and get to a bowl game? I think they do. I don't think Baylor's very good. I think TCU is great defensively and anemic offensively. Um, so I do think, I know those are both on the road. Uh, Texas is good, but they're not back. And I do think Texas is going to lose another game. And this is the kind of game Texas would choke away. Right. Um, we've seen worse Oklahoma State teams beat better Oklahoma teams in Norman. I, I'm, I, and I, I still don't trust West Virginia, but I don't. Uh, that's the one game I look at, and I'm kind of like, uh, they, they, with the way our secondary has been playing, Will Greer should have a record-setting day. Do I think they can get two more wins? Yes. Do I think they? Do I trust them to get two more wins? No, because even with the the pieces to do so, I don't trust them to not continue to shoot themselves in the foot with penalties which I still don't understand, and it has to be an issue of leadership in the team because nothing else makes sense to go from the least penalized team of the Gundy era to the most penalized team of the Gundy era in one short year. And the issues that they continue to have on special teams outside of Matt Amendola, who's now incredibly accurate at kicking field goals. I think he's missed one this year total. Wow. Thanks, Philip. You just... You just uh... Uh, I, I'm gonna go to bed with such a such a smile on my face. After that. <laughs> wake up in I'm, the morning. I'm gonna wake up in the morning ready to go because it is it is sunshine and daffodils now. Well, let's see, let's hear your opinion, Mr. Optimist. Okay. Yeah. So, do I think OSU can win two more games? Absolutely. I absolutely. I actually feel better about OSU winning two more games after last weekend than I did before, if you can believe that, okay? The knowing reason how why... Act, knowing how you act during Oklahoma State season, I don't know if I believe you yet. <laughs> and the reason I believe it is this, not because of Oklahoma State, but because of the opponents, okay? okay? The one game that I think is going to be an absolute disaster is OU. That offense has scared me from the, the first game of the season, that offense put 42 points on Texas, right? And minus a couple of mistakes would have put 50-plus on them. 
okay? So that 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 game to me, Bedlam this year, just you just just strap it on, boys, because that is going to be an ass whooping of epic proportions. Okay? I, I just don't watch. Just do yourself. I, 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 I've been saying, I've been jokingly saying that I'm not going to watch Bedlam, but yeah, I don't oh, I watch. watch. I I can't not watch. I have to watch. We we got to yeah. watch, but it's just yeah. tranquilizers, alcohols, whatever. <laughs> right. So. Forget Bedlam, okay? Texas, not a dynamic offense. If you can figure out how to have some success against their defense, that could fire your offense or your defense up enough that maybe you have like a 23, you know, 24 21, you know, 21 17 type of a game. That's winnable, okay? But I still think Texas beats us, all right? I just don't think we can get past their defense. Baylor is winnable. Baylor is winnable, period. They are winnable. That You can win that game down there, all right? Um, West Virginia, okay? Iowa State is good, right? Are they that good? Come on, let's let's – don't don't all chime in at the same time. Are they? I mean, it's good? the it's the second year in a row they've upset a top ten team, so we know they, they have the potential to do so. Are they, they found their quarterback good? and their defense is legit? Right, their defense is legit. They've and got Brock Purdy's pretty good. Are they that good? You know what I mean? No, it's it's no, it's take a good team in Iowa in Ames at night. No, yes. But no. that's the perfect situation for an upset. Exactly, which tells me that West Virginia, because they got handled, okay? This isn't a double overtime. I'm sorry to bring it up, people. This is not a double overtime, you know, friggin' uh, we, we, we know. No, 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 we got it. Thing. You got it? Let me go grab a beer in the fridge before you keep going here. <laughs> Just taking something stronger, but... or just shoot it right into your vein. There you go. Um, West Virginia got handled. So if Iowa State is not that good, then neither is West Virginia, and you get them in Stillwater. Okay, so that is a a you know that game. I think to me, after this past weekend, just became more available to Oklahoma State. Okay. And I think that game, that's the game. While, you know, Baylor's the four-game window, I think West Virginia is really the, hey, we may roll out a new dude against West Virginia. Okay? So then you go to the last game, and I I can't add anything to the fact that TCU will be great on defense, and their offense is horrific. Worse than Kansas State. That's At least they look that way. And they they turn the ball over a lot, yeah, a lot. I think they're so ne- I think I'm they're at. minus nine on the season. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I think Oklahoma State can absolutely win two more games, and I think the vast majority of it's going to depend on the coaches at this point and the decisions they make. All right, I, I think you could definitely argue one way or the other how much of this is players, player leadership coaching you could argue up to this point but i think from this point forward this is going to be really 100 percent about the coaching decisions that get made 
If you're going to roll out a new QB, when do you do it? Who do you roll out? How do you how do you operate? Are you going to try to be a little more creative on on you know with offense? I, I, Oklahoma State, if I would say if everything went really well, OSU wins at least three and maybe four. Okay, if things went really well, OSU could go four and one in this stretch. How about that? That that's is an optimism that that's I don't some, know I have yet. That okay. is some hot take right there. Right. But are they likely to do it? Probably not. But I could see them I could see them fumbling around if they're trying, if they're really trying to do something different. I could see them fumbling around and winning at least two, if not three, of the games. Yeah, I'm I mean, the Texas game, since it's now a night game for homecoming, it's kind of the perfect storm of a game that Oklahoma they could steal. Do I think they will? I'm not sure yet, and if they do, it's going right. to be close. Charlotte Brewer's legit for Baylor, and it is a winnable game, but I think his ability to take the top off of defenses kind of worries me a little bit, especially yep. with how young the secondary is and how well or lack thereof they have been this season. If Malcolm uh, Rodriguez is healthy me, for that game, that if Malcolm Rodriguez is healthy for that game against Baylor, I feel better about that game. Than I, I agree with you. Yeah. I feel better about yeah. it, but I don't know if I feel well enough for Oklahoma State to win that game yet. Um, OU, I'm not even going to discuss that one. Uh, West Virginia, I think that's a game that I've kind of thought all season that Oklahoma State could steal as well or find a way to win. Now, this is when I also thought Oklahoma State was better and they would be able to handle West Virginia. But if this is at the end of the season and West Virginia still has a chance to win the Big 12 or at least go to the Big 12 title game, um, that's a game that I think West Virginia loses because they've had the propensity to fold in big spots in big games where they've had opportunities to kind of put themselves at the forefront of the Big 12 title race. So if that's the case, then I think Oklahoma State can win that one, especially because it's a road, be a road game from West Virginia at the end of the season. And then I feel like TCU is almost a toss-up because of how bad they are offensively, but their defense – is so good that that could end up being like a 10 to 7 Big 12 game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for us, Big 12 fans, we're not used to that type of football. We're, we're not from Wisconsin. It's a, um, it's a Big 12 uh, fan dream. Oh, God. It is a Big 10 fan's dream. And I, I don't know if I could watch it. <laughs> I had a hard time watching the first half of the Oklahoma State game and finished. It was what? 6 to 3? 6 to 3. Well, can yeah. you imagine? I mean, the conspiracy theory is that Mike Stoops is actually running all the defenses for the Big 12. <laughs> <laughs> he leaves, and all of a sudden, everyone can play defense again. The curse of the Big 12 curse of Mike Stoops has been lifted from the the conference. <laughs> right. I'll I'll leave this. I'm I'll leave this here. This is this is kind of my parting sort of comment for this. Okay. We've said it in this podcast. Quarterback is to me it's without question especially in the big 12 in this day and age of, of football in general look at the i mean even look at the nfl quarterback is the most important position that person not only has to be one of the most talented players on your team they have to be your leader on the team they've got to be recognized as one of if not the leader on the team okay you need a Brandon Whedon, that type of guy, right, who's going to walk into a huddle the first time he's, he's, he's taken a snap in, you know, four, five, six years, 
in a football game, a live football game, where his team is, is behind, and he's the third-string dude, and you walk into a huddle and say, guys, you protect me, we will win this game. Okay? You need Mason Rudolph running down the field, pumping his freaking fist after hitting a big pass against Pittsburgh, all right, and pointing at the fans. Somebody who's going to walk in the huddle, and, and dare I mention Baker Mayfield. You can hate on him all you want. That dude is going to walk into a huddle and say, boys, strap it on because we're about to go down the field and score because we need to do it right here to help our guys out. You need that person in, in – that needs to be the QB at Oklahoma State, right? Yep. Taylor, I, I love him. I don't see Taylor Cornelius walking into the, to the group of guys and going, what the frick are you people doing? Come on, Richards. Get your shit together. Cornelius isn't doing that. I mean, I haven't seen it out of him so far this season, so I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you. I, I agree with you as well. So I guess parting thought before we wrap up here, does Oklahoma State make a change? And if so, who is it? Um, scheme, not quarterback. Okay. So if you, I, I, wow. I don't think they're going to take, I don't think they're going to make a change. I I think it's going to have to be better scheme. I don't think we're going to see anyone other than Cornelius unless Cornelius gets hurt or he has a four interception kind of game, which against Caden Stearns for Texas, he might. Yeah. I I kind of, I, I sort of kind of have to go that direction too. I think you got to see a scheme change. At least like you saw against Kansas state, you know, two back, Diamond formation. You got to you got to change something up there. You got to go back. They got to get back to more of the short passing. Uh, you need to see some scheme adjustment there. Um, if you don't see Spencer Sanders, okay. If you do not see Spencer Sanders by the West Virginia game. I I'm I'm concerned about 2019. That's my opinion. That's kind of my philosophy on it. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, I it's one of those I've tried to stay as even keel as I can on Cornelius all season because I just don't know if I want to throw Taylor or uh, Spencer Sanders out there behind the offensive line because I I seen what happened to West Lawn and I was not really yeah. as big football as I was back then. So, but I, I remember how bad that was as much as I want to see a change. I don't see it happening. And if there is a change, it's going to be after the Texas game, because you want to be able to hold on to Drew Brown and Spencer Sanders for the following season. So I'm staying is, you know, I want to answer and say, yes, we're going to see a change, but I also just don't see it happening. If that makes sense. Well, I, I don't. It's definitely not going to happen against Texas. No I, way. Absolutely no way. no way are you going to see a new quarterback against Texas. I think if you're like we we discussed, I think if you do see a new QB, it's post Texas, and I think the latest window for that, as far as I'm concerned, is West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're not going to put a guy and have his first first start be on the road at Oklahoma. That's just no way. No that's way. Terrible. I don't care who it is. There's no way you do that. Think about your five remaining games, by the way. If you had to give a QB their first start, out of those five games, you pick the ones that you would say, I'll give the guy his first start in that game. 
I mean, I'd rather it be a home game than a road game, but yeah, but if it yeah, I guess yeah, I'd rather be Baylor than than Texas. I'd rather be Baylor, right? So Baylor, and if it'd rather be a home game, West Virginia. West Virginia. Virginia. I mean, starting quarterback for his first game on the road at at Baylor worked out pretty well for Oklahoma State in the future, you know, in the past. So, you know. There is some sort of precedence to it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. There's no way. There's no way I'm starting a kid for the first time against Texas or at OU or at TCU. Right. So I I think it's Baylor, West Virginia, or bust. And I just go back to my other comment, and and I know I think Philip took me to task for talking about talent and not the emotional well-being of the poor kid. All right, but if they're not talented enough to see at least the field right now, either one of those guys, Drew Brown or Spencer Sanders, if you don't think they're talented enough to put on the field that they could make a play, what are we talking about next year? Because their talent ain't going to change all that much. Their system knowledge and their experience may a little bit. But their talent ain't going to change all that much. Kid either has the ability to throw the football or not. You know, kid has the ability to make plays or not. Um, so that's that's the lovely, flowery, wonderful outlook I have at this point. Dude, Robert, it's been a it's been awesome to have you on today, man. <laughs> it really has. This has been great. This really has. It's been nice to get a fresh voice in here. Uh, I will come on anytime I am available. I am happy to come on and take up uh, audio time. All right, great. Well, I think that wraps up this episode. Where again, I, I feel like we did on uh, on Sunday with uh, with Philip and I when we just tried to ramble through the uh, K State game as much as we could. I feel like we left with more questions and answers, but that's awesome. Gives us more to talk about. Uh, Robert, where can they follow you on Twitter if they so decide to? So if you if you can put up with it, it's Robert W underscore O K S T. All right, All Robert right. W underscore O K S T. Thank you guys for having me on. It was a pleasure, and now I get to go take my wife out to a birthday dinner. There you go. All right. Awesome, Philip. Where can I follow you? Uh, you can follow me personally at OKTXAR Poke on Twitter. You can also follow my podcast, the 1012, at 1012 Podcast, at the number 10, the number 12, the word podcast. And let's just say uh, happy birthday to Miss Wetzel. Yes, happy birthday to Mrs. Wetzel. Thank you, guys. All right, you can follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. Enjoy the weekend of college football. Oklahoma State can't lose this week, so enjoy the season, or at least this week, as much as we can before we dive into Texas next week. And uh, have a good one, everybody.